Welcome to the Grace Place Weekly Podcast. No matter your size, age, shade, or background, here you'll receive compelling lessons suited to help guide your walk with Christ and your relationships with others. Please join us now for this week's podcast, recorded live from Grace Place in St. Paul, Minnesota. We have ministered well today. How many of you feel like it's been a good thing for you to be at church on this Sunday morning? Can I just you feel good about it? I'm not going to speak to you long today, knowing that the ministry we've done has been wonderful, just been wonderful. Nate, I, I want to introduce you to a thought or solidify the idea in your minds that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the Savior of the world. He doesn't ever attempt to do anything. He doesn't try to do something. He never assumes anything. He knows it, and he does it. You are not a candidate for salvation. You're saved by the blood of Jesus. You say, well, I don't know if I believe that. doesn't matter. He did it already. There's nothing you can do about it. He took your sins away. He saved you. You are forgiven. You are washed by the blood of Jesus. You are filled with his spirit. And I want you to know today from the Bible study that we did a couple of weeks ago and what I tell you this morning, just I'm going to show you some scriptures real quickly and then I'll finish by talking again. I want to bring up the fact about Noah and the ark, those two things, first of all. He's the boat, second of all. He shut the door and shut you in. And third, the boat floats. But I want to start again at Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. How many of you could raise your hands and testify that some of the things that you were told about God in church, some of those things turned you away from God. Can I just see your hands? Did they? They, they were things that confused you? And it's been, hard to, it's been hard to reconcile all of that and be converted? I want, I'm reading Hebrews chapter 1. In the past... God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. Everybody say, in the past. So we're going to talk a little bit about the past. We're going to talk about Noah and how he prophesied and how God spoke through Noah in the past. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name or the authority he has inherited is superior to theirs. Jesus 
is the exact representation of God. He is the radiance of God's glory. Jesus is the representation of God. He is Emmanuel, God with us. There is nothing impossible with God. We can't imagine the greatness and the power of God. No matter what you know about him, it's still very small in comparison to what he really is. And God spoke through prophets and in the old days spoke through people, but today, everybody say today. Today he speaks through his son. And I'm, I want you to understand it doesn't mean he speaks audibly, doesn't just speak in your ear, but by what he does, that speaks to us. And I want to I address a, a major issue in our Christian experience and ask you to consider. Before you had a Bible, before you knew, but there are people that don't have a Bible before you knew the word. How many of you recognized that God was with you before you knew the Bible? I tell you that God has communicated his love and his goodness to you. He has been faithful to you and gracious to you. And there are people that have taken scriptures out of context and made you think differently about God than what you have experienced with God. And we have surrendered our personal experience to someone we thought was higher than us and believed what they said rather than what God had done. People believe that Folks are going to be turned away from God or rejected by God or that God will give up on them. I remember hearing people preach about Noah and the ark, about this story, that even the grace of God has to end sometime and use the story of Noah. But if you look at, if you have a Bible, if you look at the book of Genesis, if you look at chapter 3, you'll see that the heading over the chapter written by someone, not by Moses, just a commentary by the people who put these scriptures together, they wrote over the chapter 3, the fall. And chapter 3 of Genesis is supposed to be about the fall of Adam and Eve and their temptation. And if you read the last verse of chapter 2, it says that they were naked and they were not ashamed. Everybody say not ashamed. They broke the law of God. They ate from the fruit. They knew that they were naked. When God came back into the garden that evening, the Bible says Adam hid himself because he was afraid. So before they ate the fruit, they were not ashamed and they had no fear. When God spoke to them, explained to them, talked to them, before the day was out, he made coats for them. How many of you know that God made coats for Adam and Eve? Made clothes for them. So it's not about the fall. It doesn't stop there. The story's not about their failure. The story is that God came to them after they fell and clothed them, covered their shame, took away their fear, and it's about a coat. Jesus is your covering. That story points to Jesus. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Because he's my coat. He's my covering. He covers my shame. He takes away my fear. Jesus is the coat. It's a story about redemption. Hallelujah. I wish someone had told me that. I wish someone had explained to me that when I read the Bible, it's not about a mean, bad God the first half and a confused God in the middle and a good God at the end. No, it's about the story of redemption. It's the truth about us. We all blow it. We all make mistakes. We're all ashamed of our past. 
we are all afraid, and then God shows up and takes away our fear and our shame. At least in this church he does. At least here. At least somewhere you can go and hear that he loves you, that he forgives you, that he covers you. Please look at Romans chapter 4. Um, who's got a watch? Rob, got your watch on? Would you bring it to me? I'll give it back. I will give it back, Rob. I just need it real bad right now. Romans chapter 4. Let's move right to verse 7. I need to skip a few verses and read this. I'll just go right to verse 7, please, on the screen. Romans 4, 7. Put these in your notes or underline this in your Bible. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. I got that right out of Genesis chapter 3. He covered them. Somebody say praise the Lord. Some of you people that have been really ashamed of your past and really done things that you don't want anybody else to ever know about, and you're thankful that he covered it. Two hands for some. Real high, higher. Now an amen. 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 Because the story of Genesis chapter 3 is not about the fall. It's about a coat. It's about a story that points us to Jesus. Everybody shout Jesus. One more. Take a deeper breath and shout Jesus. Jesus. It's about Jesus. Now, the next big story, Genesis 6, 6 through 9. It's called, if you look at the top of the chapter 6, it, somebody put in the notes, the flood. I declare to you as your friend and your pastor that I'm not negative like that guy whoever wrote that. I didn't do that. Because if I had the Bible and if I had been able to make these comments, if I had been the one who put this together, I would have put over chapter 6, the boat. It's a story about a boat. It's a story about Jesus. He's the ark. He is the ark of safety. God said to Noah, do this and build this exactly like I tell you. And I declare, declare to you this morning that of all the prophecies, Jesus did exactly what they said he would do. He became exactly what they said. He is exactly the plan. He's the exact image. He said, do this exactly like I tell you. And Noah did it exactly like God said. And Jesus is exactly what I need. Come on, somebody. He's exactly what I need. He's the ark. Somebody say amen. So he's the coat. They were naked. They didn't know it. They were not ashamed. They ate. They realized they were naked. They were ashamed and they were afraid. He's the boat. I want, to, I want you to look at Titus chapter 3. Right behind the little book of Timothy. First and second Timothy in the New Testament is the book of Titus. It's a letter that Paul wrote to his friend. And I want to read something to you. How many of you, when you think of Noah and the ark, you remember the rainbow? Let me see the people that realize that story is connected to the rainbow. You realize that uh, I showed it to you a while ago. Do you remember that they got in the ark and God shut them? Everybody say in. In. I want all the young people, the children, I want everybody here. If you're a guest with us today, I want you to hear that. The scripture said he shut them in. God shut the door when they got in. You're in. You are in. 
why Christianity has turned into such, a, to such an exclusive club, I do not know. Because when God comes around, he puts you in and then he shuts the door and he keeps you in there. Amen. He keeps you in there until the flood goes away. He, he puts you in before it starts and he gets you out after it's over. Doesn't that sound like heaven? Doesn't that sound like heaven? I want to read to you. He's, he saved them. The boat saved them. The, the ark saved them. Everybody say saved. Completely saved. They were completely saved. They were unharmed. They were saved. Their lives were saved. Now I'm going to read from Titus chapter 3, verse 3. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. He's the ark. He's the ark. The story's not about a flood. The story's about an ark. The story's not about sin. This Bible's not about damnation. This Bible is not about your failure. This Bible is about an ark. It's about a Savior. He saved us. You need to tell somebody that. Left and right, turn to somebody and say, he saved us. He sa say it again. He saved us. Would you just quote the verse of scripture and say, he saved us? Everybody look up here at me and say, he saved us. I want to tell you, he saved us. I'm just reading to you. I'm just reading it. I didn't write this. The ark saved them. Jesus saved us. He saved us. Watch this. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. Why did he save us? Because he had mercy. He said, what's it say the next, what's the next three words? He saved us. He saved us. He keeps saying that. Hey, he saved us, he saved us. Would you do that now? Turn to somebody and say, he saved us, he saved us. Say it again. Because some of you don't believe it. Some of you have been around church all your life and you think you're trying to be saved. You think you're still trying to be saved. You're trying to do something. You're trying your best. Hey, quit trying to learn swimming. Quit trying to build an... Quit making life preservers. Just in case. No, he saved us. He saved us. Guys, everybody has people in their family you pray for. We, uh, my daughter, Ashley, I, I love her dearly. My daughter, Ashley, and I had, had two Bible studies. We had a Bible study last night that lasted quite a while. And we had one this morning, before church this morning. And I said, Ashley, do you understand that the ark saved them and that Jesus is the Savior? She said, yeah. I said, look at this verse. He shut them in. She said, he shut me in. I said, yes. Yes. You're in. You're in. I don't know if you know what a big deal it is to have a Bible study with a 30-some-year-old daughter, but it's a big deal. That's a big deal, you guys. 35. 35-year-old, my daughter's 35, and we're having Bible studies together. And she had a Bible study last night. And this morning, she shouts, he saved us. I said, yes. I went into the bathroom to finish. And Terry, I said, did you hear that? Fans are running. And she said, I heard you talking to Ashley. I said, no. She just shouted, he saved us. That's my daughter. He saved us. We're saved. Not I saved myself. I said, you've tried, you've tried, and people have scared you, but it's enough. She said, Dad, when I was a little girl, I was terrorized. Terrorized. 
But you broke out of that, and you've been saying something different, and you've been doing something different for all of these years, and I want to tell you how much I appreciate that. I said, actually, today I want to tell you, you're in the ark. He shut the door, and the ark will float, baby. Hang in there. It may not look good. It may be a storm, and there may be a flood, but you know what? You are in the ark. He saved us. Not by good stuff that we've done. Not because we're good. He saved us because he's got mercy. My God in heaven. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Jesus is the Savior. A few weeks ago, Kiki prophesied. She got up here and testified a little bit. And she said, God got you. He got you. Tell somebody. He got you. He got you. God's got you. He really do. He did that, didn't he? That's what she said. She said, he got you. He really do. He got you. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? He didn't save you because you did good things. He didn't save you because you didn't save yourself. He saved you because he loves you, because he has mercy on you, and he will not let you not be saved. He shut the door. That's such a big deal. I started laughing. I read that this morning. I started laughing. I went running to Ash. I said, I got to tell you one more verse. <laughs> he shut the door all my life. He shut the door. No, it doesn't say that. It says he shut them in. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> makes me, that just makes me happy. Uh, and after he shut the door, the boat floats. How about that? Oh, we got another election coming. Don't worry, baby, the boat will float. Come on. Oh, my God, look what they're doing. I, I know, I know, I get it. But the boat floats. I'm going to read one more, just one more verse to you. Romans 8, 37 to 39. Did this last week, need to do it again. I was convinced, really, um, by Nate. Nate and I were talking, and uh, he said something like, uh, he didn't say we, as in this church, but Christians have preached so many other things besides Jesus. Preached so much stuff, so many doctrines, so many ideas. It's almost like Jesus became just another one of those ideas. I'm telling you, he's not just another one of those ideas. He is the idea. He is the thing. And what happens when you believe that, it sets you free. Listen to me. And you don't spend your life knitting life preservers together. You don't waste your life and your energy learning to swim. I, wore, I was worn out trying to learn how to swim against the flood, thinking I got to do this. I got to save myself. I got to get out of this habit. I got to quit this thinking. I got to overcome it. And people are saying, oh, yeah, you don't have any discipline at all. I'm just telling you, I can't save myself. I've tried hard. I tried hard. The only thing that set me free was believing that he forgave me. I believe in his grace. I believe in Jesus. I don't believe in me anymore. I don't believe in me anymore. I don't believe in Christianity anymore. I believe in Jesus because Christianity doesn't represent Jesus to me. All the rules, all the stuff. Do you understand what I'm saying? We've worked so hard and there's an ark. And you're in the ark. 
You can rest. The door's shut. Rain's not getting in. And she ain't sinking. You think about the ideas of people of the world going straight to hell. America's in trouble. My God, think about San Francisco and consider Sodom and Gomorrah. Think about New York. Oh, my God, we're going to hell in a handbag. No, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. We got a Savior. Bigger than all of it. Bigger than China. Bigger than India. Bigger than America. Bigger than global warming. Bigger than sin. The boat is big enough to hold all of us. Oh, my God. Okay, one more time. I'll read Romans chapter. If you'll stand, I'll, that always means I'm finishing. So help me. So please, somebody stand up and help me. Somebody help me. Save me. Romans 8. I think I'm stuck on this, you guys. I've been preaching Jesus for all this time, and Nate said, you know, there's so many other ideas, and we, we, you know, it's almost like we've ignored Jesus. I am so stuck on Jesus. I am so stuck. I'm so freaked out by what it means, what he means, and who he, the, the radiance of God, the very victory of God. The, 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 the universe was created by him, and, and we're worried about whether people... I just, I tell you, I wish people would, were more addicted to alcohol and less addicted to religion. I wish more Christians would just go smoke. I'm serious. Or do stuff that is on their list. Whatever the list is. I just gave those two because those are our favorites, you know. Because I can talk to people that have those issues and convince them of the grace of God. I was having a Bible study this week with a person, laughing, celebrating. I've had Bible study. This, this has been my busiest week with Bible studies. Bible studies with people all over the country. One person said, can you just hold it just a second? got to go have a cigarette. I am so excited. This is so fun. i got to go have a cigarette. That's the truth. That is the truth. Did anybody here that ever smoked? Let me see the people that you smoked a lot. Let me just see. Do you know what that means? Some of you go, oh, that was sweet. He let that person go smoke a cigarette. Jimmy Alexander, never forget it, before he died, young man, died, got hit by a car, called me and said, Pastor, I need to talk to you. I said, Jimmy, I'll pick you up in just a little while. Got him in the car. He had the shakes. He's an alcoholic, drug addict. Used to, he and his father would, uh, back before the computers were so strong as they are now, this is about 30 years ago, he and his father would go to different doctors and get the same pain pills. Then they could sell them, quaaludes and all kind of stuff. Called me. He said, Pastor, I... Listen, I want to talk to you, but I'm so screwed up right now. I got to have a beer. I said, well, let's go get a beer, Jimmy. Went to the liquor store. Went and got a big brown bottle of beer. Took four or five good slugs of it. So, okay, now let's talk. Well, I've told that story and had people furious at me. And all I can say is shut up. That's the best I can say. Just shut up. You don't have a clue. When Jesus said... You gave him a cold drink of water. You don't think he's talking about just water. He's talking about give somebody relief. Give them a break. Just cool things down a little. Help them out. You say, well, do you condone alcoholism? No, but I'd rather a person be an alcoholic than a religiosity-olic. Full of pride. Can't listen. Refuse Jesus. Because people that are in real trouble, they want him. They love him. Yeah, yeah, 
We went by Mickey's Diner the other day, Terry and I. I pointed at the corner. I said, you see that corner? Jimmy, another Jimmy. Jimmy Churchill and I were standing on that corner about 4 o'clock in the morning. Came out of Mickey's Diner. I, was, I took him out for breakfast. He was awake. Stepped out there, and one, two of his buddies came walking down the street. Came up to him and said, hey, you got 10 bucks? Jimmy said, I don't have any money, but he does. <laughs> it's true, true. That's a true story. And I watched people on the street, and I watched them share. Somebody's shaking. Somebody's in trouble. Somebody is physically in trouble because of their addiction. And I've seen people share with them just enough to calm them down. You say, well, that just leads to their addiction. Might. All I know is when I'm in trouble, Jesus calms me down. When I'm in trouble, because my trouble is religion. My war is religion. It's hard for me to believe he's, he loves me when all my life they told me that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I'm supposed to be afraid. And I have come up with a conclusion, you guys. It's not the fear of God. It's the fear of rejection. And if people can convince you that he'll reject you, then you can't trust him. And people don't love him. And it all came from fear of rejection. And I just read to you, he shut him in. Isn't that a great term? Come on, that's fun, ain't it? No. This is Romans 8, 37. And all these things, so no matter what it is, all of it, no matter what you're dealing with, all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah, I receive it. Hallelujah. <laughs> He got me in the boat and then he shut the door. And he shut me in. And he said, nothing can open the door. I got you. I really do. Father, I thank you for this day. I pray for conversion. I pray for repentance. I pray that today the good news fell on fertile ground, good ground. Because it's about you, Jesus. The coat and you're the boat. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes. To learn more about Grace Place, please visit our website at graceplacemn.org. Thanks for listening. May God bless you this week.